Tactical sports take. Inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. <laughs> he's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Monday, November 22nd, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Vieira versus Tate, which took place on Saturday, November 20th at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, as always, great to be back with you guys. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. I was going to make a comment on the... Uh, on the show or or something but that you know sometimes that's just enough sometimes it's just enough to say it's it's great to be back with you guys i don't have any other uh throw in lines like i usually do um but yeah no it really is uh great to be back uh doing a a recap here probably a pretty short one because it wasn't the most eventful ufc uh event they've ever put on but also not the worst which you know when we've been spoiled like we have been the last handful of weeks i mean what was it we had 10 straight weeks with a ufc event i mean those are 10 amazing weeks as far as i'm concerned but uh yeah no not a lot uh not a lot to say on today's show but don't don't tune away because there will be there will be something we'll get to the meat and potatoes uh very shortly but uh you know not not the greatest event in the world but it is what it is Uh, Not a whole lot of housekeeping, just the usual main card showdown. I think we were on uh, NSS 63. We're kind of in the dark ages of the main card showdown because nobody gets their picks in to me, so it's usually just one event or or one uh, uh, bout uh, per event. So uh, we'll keep doing the main card showdown, but it's on life support right now. i got to be honest. Nobody nobody really seems to, uh, to care about it, but is what it is. Uh, we do have updated rankings. I updated them three minutes after the main card was over because I'm just going to update the rankings as the fight goes on. I'm putting them out three minutes after the main card's over, or the main event's over, because I'm just doing them as the fights happen. Why do I need to wait until Tuesday to let it sink in? Why do I need to wait until the entire event is over? I'm just doing it as it's happening because that's how it is. That's how confident I am with my rankings. I don't even need 40 seconds to consider where I put people. It's just I put them in the right spot every time, and that's the mailman guarantee. So we do have updated rankings, uh, and I suppose we'll talk about them as as they become relevant for uh, each fight. So we'll start here with the main event. Obviously, we had Ketlin Vieira winning a, a unanimous decision over Misha Tate. Uh, pretty boring beginning, kind of, you know, turned up the pace pace as the fight went on. Not that bad of a fight. You know, I'm usually pretty wary about these type of events, and I won't elaborate what I mean by that, so you can fill in the blanks, but uh, no, it was a really, really uh, slightly above average main event. I, you know, I can't complain. You know, when your expectations are so low, 
and you know there you, you just kind of get average i mean you're blown away at that point so um you know fun uh 25 minute fight you know they were really slinging back and forth at times uh misha tate was throwing with 100 percent at times and ketlin Vieira would counter back with a, a one two uh you know just as hard so um fun fight again there's not a whole lot of purpose to this fight um i know that i believe the broadcasters or somebody was talking about how you know i wouldn't be surprised to see misha tate getting a title shot if she wins this fight i would be incredibly surprised that would be news to me if she got a title fight based off of that but um you know she's a very popular fighter for uh whatever reason uh i know the reasons but uh that would be news to me if she got a, a title shot based off of that, but I've seen crazier things, and, and when you're popular, you know, stuff happens. Ketlin Vieira is still a million miles away from a title shot, but I've always thought she was pr- probably somebody to look out for. And uh, although Misha Tate's not the greatest striker, I thought her striking looked looked fine, and I thought Vieira's striking looked good as well. So, you know, if she can kind of put that together, you know, I think that would be a fun fight to watch all things considered like i wouldn't pick her to beat amanda nunez but you know she's uh, a ground fighter that's her background and uh you know if her striking keeps improving like this and she does have some power you know maybe like i'd rather see that against amanda nunez you know you know instead of yana kunitskaya or any of the other you know dozen gross ranking fights you could make so you know is is what it is yeah, uh, you know, probably the biggest win she could get just by uh, name value. But uh, I don't really think super highly of Misha Tate, especially off of a five-year layoff and uh, her performance against Marion Renault, who is no joke. I think Marion Renault was like 43 years old on a four-fight losing streak when she got that fight. So I'm pretty unimpressed uh, that she came back and, and won that fight. I don't think Misha Tate is going to do anything in this second run with the UFC I got real tired of hearing Tate 2.0 like it's just very annoying that's that's Tate 2.0 ESPN plus keeps wanting to to force that down my throat and have me watch that on ESPN plus I wouldn't watch that on ESPN plus if there was a gun pointed to my head that told me you need to watch this or I'm going to pull the trigger I would just I would just eat the bullet I'd eat the bullet at that point that's how little uh, enthusiasm I have towards watching that on ESPN plus but um, is what it is so uh, we obviously uh, have the updated rankings uh, I think we moved Ketlin Vieira up one spot let me see here nope we moved we, we kept Ketlin Vieira exactly where she was uh, at number eight because she lost to Yana Kunitskaya who's at number seven so it wouldn't really make sense to put Vieira above Kunitskaya um, we also had, uh, so I believe the UFC had Vieira at seven, Misha Tate at eight. That is insane. We had Misha Tate at 15 because we had Marion Renault at 15 because she was 43 years old on a four fight losing streak. So Misha Tate lost. She's out of the rankings. How do you like that? Misha Tate's not even in our rankings because we have the correct rankings. I'm sure if you look tomorrow or, or whenever they update the rankings, Misha Tate will be like number nine, number 10, maybe. She's not even in the rankings, in our rankings. How could you possibly justify Misha Tate being in the top 15? I understand the women's bantamweight division is so shallow, so paper thin, but 
there's no way I could possibly justify having Misha Tate in the top 15, so I put Jessica Rose Clark in there at 15. Because at least she's been more active and wins fights. So, yeah, it's the same type of crack smokery that has Robbie Lawler at number 15. They probably still have Robbie Lawler at number 15 in the, in the fucking welterweight division, because that's how preposterous their rankings are. Um, moving on here to the co-main event. Had a pretty uh, interesting fight between Sean Brady and Michael Chiesa. Uh, Brady won that one via unanimous decision. Oh, excuse me. One final thing on, on the main event that slipped my mind. A lot of people said at the end of that fight, that was a razor, razor thin fight. I mean, holy smokes. Like, how did you score that fight? I mean, this was really, really close. I mean, I probably would give that fight to Ketlin Vieira, but wow. You know, this was a real good performance from Misha Tate. No, it was a dog shit performance. That fight wasn't close at all. I had it five rounds to nothing for Ketlin Vieira. How could you possibly... I th- I think you you are beyond insane if you have Vieira winning that fight 48 to uh, 48 to 47. I think you're on another fucking planet if you thought Misha Tate won that fight by any score. Because you just had people being like, well, you know, I picked Misha Tate. I think she won that fight. Tell me which rounds you think Misha Tate won. I can't even give a round to Misha Tate. I might, I might, I might not argue because she won uh, the four other rounds. If you wanted to score one round for Misha Tate as a pity round, the round she took down Ketlin Vieira and did nothing with it, by the way, if you wanted to score that for Ketlin Vieira and, and had uh, the other four rounds for, for uh, Vieira, or excuse me, score that for Tate and other four rounds for Vieira, then fine. That's a pity round because you don't want to be mean and, and give a 50-45. But I don't, I don't get how you would score anything more than that. I mean, it was a clean sweep as far as I'm concerned. Were some of the rounds close? Yeah, some of the rounds were close. Vieira did get outstruck in round one by like three punches and every single round the heavier punches almost always 80% of the time the heavier punches were on Vieira's side look at Misha Tate's face at the end of that fight I mean it's just insane to not have it at a minimum four to one Vieira I had it five to one I what was it Aaron Bronstetter or whatever who does good work had it five nothing I had it five nothing as well I mean that wasn't the fight itself was close. The fight itself was competitive, but you don't score a fight on the whole. You have to you have to give a score. There has to be a winner each round, and even if the winner is only by an inch, she won at least by an inch every single round. I think that's what some people um, don't understand about scoring. Oh my God! Like fifty forty five could be extremely dominant. Or it could be really close because you could closely win every single round. So people kind of let that slip their mind when it comes to um, excuse me scoring. But yeah, that's all I have to say on that main event. Uh, back to the co-main, Sean Brady gets the the win over Michael Chiesa. Uh, we moved him up in the rankings. He took Chiesa's spot, um, so he's now at number seven, sitting pretty there. I mean. Whatever's next for Sean Brady, it's going to be massive. I mean, it's going to be probably Wonderboy Thompson. I think that would actually be a great fight. Uh, he's not going to get Covington. 
I'd be surprised if he got Burns. No way he gets Edwards. Probably not getting Luke either because he's looking up. I don't think they would put Brady and Masvidal. So I, w- I would probably guess... Ah, shit, isn't it? Ah, uh, Bilal Muhammad's fighting Wonderboy Tom. Okay, so this might be a, a layoff for Sean Brady because, you know, w- once you get in the top 10 at welterweight, good luck getting a fight. So he might be waiting for a while. Maybe he fights like a Neil Magny or somebody. I, I don't know, but he'll-, he'll be waiting for a little bit. But really good performance, kind of what I thought would happen, and he kind of exploited Michael Chiesa's grappling. Michael Chiesa's a very dangerous grappler, good grappler. That's always been his base is, is wrestling. But he's not that good of a defensive wrestler. And Brady kind of exposed that. You know, you, you got to give him uh, props for having the courage to offensively wrestle against somebody who is that talented of a, uh, of a wrestler. But, you know, four out of five uh, of the losses for Michael Chiesa were via submission. I thought he would submit him, went to the final bell, uh, and, and he looked good. He looked good doing it. He gassed out pretty fucking hard in that, in that final round. I probably scored every single round for Sean Brady. Maybe you give the third round to Michael Chiesa. Um, but, you know, this this is why I said before the fight, and it's especially true after the fight, this should have been the main event. The main event should have been Brady and Chiesa, not, you know, Misha Tate and uh, Ketlin Vieira. You know, not a whole lot of demand for Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate. I don't really remember people asking for that as a main event. I don't remember every single fan being like well you know the matchups we really wanted to see you know there's a handful of matchups we really wanted to see throughout UFC history we we wanted to see uh, Fedor and Randy Couture we wanted to see Fedor and Brock Lesnar we wanted Tony and Khabib and we also wanted Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate we really wanted to see that whole lot of demand for that Um, but this is why this should have been the the main event because if this was the main event if it was five rounds now, granted, maybe Sean Brady fights a little bit differently if it's a five-round fight. In fact, I'm sure he probably would fight differently in a five-round fight. But Michael Chiesa would win that fight if it was five rounds. He would choke the fuck out of Sean Brady the way that fight was going, how he was completely... Ga- Sean Brady had literally nothing left in the gas tank, which is perfectly acceptable and, and all right because it was a 15-minute fight and not a 25-minute. But if that was 25 and he fought like that, Chiesa is putting him out in, in four or five uh, and that would have been so much more compelling to see because Sean Brady is a very legitimate prospect. So I, I do want to see him, and I, I'm sure we probably will uh, in the future because as you progress your way up, I mean, he's at the co-main stage. So you went on the co-main, you're almost assuredly getting a main event uh, and probably a fight night. Well, obviously a fight night main event. He's not getting a fucking pay-per-view main event in his next fight, but it's very logical that he'll get a fight night main event in his next fight. I want to see him in five rounds. I want to see... You know, if, if he's for real or not, if he's just a finisher or if he can, uh, you know, win some five round decisions, which inevitably you'll have to do. I mean, even if you're a fucking insane welterweight finisher, you know, at least a, at least a third of the time you're going to have to go to the final bell. So, you know, you're going to you're going to have to either rework that cardio or, you know, just kind of disperse it a little more diligently throughout the fight. But, you know, he looked really good. Can't take anything away from him. And uh, you know, it didn't seem like Michael Chiesa took any damage, so maybe he wants to come back quickly. Maybe maybe you put him in there against Neil Magny or Jeff Neal, but I don't think we've seen the last of Michael Chiesa, um, but just kind of perpetually a guy who works his way up to a certain level, and then once once he gets once he gets to the level where if he were to win, something huge would happen in his next fight, 
you know, he kind of folds, which is a shame to, th- to, to see. I think he's talented. Uh, he is 33, so, you know, he's still got some time to figure some things out. He's still got maybe four years of his prime left. Uh, moving on to the featured bout, had a uh, round one submission for Talia Santos over Joanne Wood, no longer called her Wood. Bold move to marry your coach. That gen- generally works out in this sport, so uh, I'm sure that's uh, not something that will come up later. But uh, Santos making it look easy. Calderwood is not somebody who gets finished. Calderwood is very much a decision uh, fighter. Uh, well, okay, it's just had a handful of finished losses in the UFC. But, you know, it, it hasn't come easy, and, and Santos made it look very easy uh, looked good in the striking. I think that's really somebody to watch out for. Uh, I believe that moves her winning streak to four. So, uh, it, and it moves her in the top five. We have her at number five uh, in the flyweight division. So you look at the fighters ahead of her. Andrade lost to Shevchenko. Same with Chukagian. Same with Murphy. Same with Maya. So she's the highest ranked fighter who hasn't fought Valentina Shevchenko. She's the highest-ranked fighter who's on a winning streak of basically any sorts. She's really the only fighter in the top 15 to be on a winning streak of any uh, degree. So it wouldn't shock me if they put Talia Santos in there uh, next for a title shot. I think that's—I can't even say that's not the right move. I would like to see her get a top-five win. I would like to see her get through one more hurdle just to kind of prepare her, but it wouldn't shock me if they just throw her to the Wolves— um, which I think would hurt her chances of beating Shevchenko. Not that I would ever pick anybody to beat Shevchenko, but I would like to see her fight a Chukagian, maybe have to get past a Jessica Andrade or something. Uh, and if she can do that, yeah, I think that she's on, on the very short list for uh, uh, a title shot at 125. Uh, we also had Hani Yaya winning a unanimous decision over Kyung Ho Kang. Uh, didn't really watch that one, wasn't too interested in that one. Uh, Adrian Yanez winning a split decision over Davy Grant. Uh, good fight, high level striking, uh, which we kind of knew uh, would happen. Uh, you know, even even in the preview. Uh, totally disagree on the scorecard. Uh, like most logical people, I don't understand how you could score all three rounds for Davy Grant. I thought that was fucking insane, insane. Probably was a clean sweep for Yanez, maybe 29-28. Um, but to give that fight to Davy Grant, even to give two rounds to Davy Grant, I don't think you could do it, but a clean sweep, that is insane. And of course, there's no accountability. So, you know, that's, that's always fun seeing what that judge will do next, you know, fucking up people's careers uh, in, you know, in a blood sport, fucking up people's careers. But uh, no, it was a good performance from Adrian Yanez and uh, didn't try to force the finish. And I kind of like that he won via decision. Because like I said uh, a minute ago, you could be an amazing finisher, but you're not going to finish every single fight. Unless you're Francis Ngannou at heavyweight, you're not going to finish every single fight. So I like to see a little diversity in your in your wins. You know, if he if he goes out in his next fight and fights somebody, if fights, I don't know, Kyler Phillips and chokes out Kyler Phillips, I, I would just... I would just shit my pants in excitement that we're seeing this guy knock people out choke people out and win by decision like the full package you know because you you can get pretty far being a one-trick pony and i've never 
necessarily thought Yanez is a one-trick pony. I'm just making this point. You know, you can get pretty far as a one-trick pony. Like, you could be the greatest grappler in the world, and you can win a bunch of fights in the UFC, but if you can't strike at a base level... Look at Damian Maya. Like, you can get pretty fucking far. You can you can challenge for the title. You can win a lot of fights in the UFC, but, you know, if you're not that good at, at striking, like, your lack of being a well-rounded fighter is certainly going to catch up with you at one at some point. Uh, so... No, I like that he. I like that he went to the the final belt. Davy Grant, super underrated, uh, was on a pretty good streak before that. Um, uh, Marlon Vera lost, so I would like to see uh, Adrian Yanez fight somebody in the top fifteen. Going to be pretty tough. It seems like the UFC is behind him. It seems like he's not a forgotten prospect. Probably the bluest of blue chip prospects in the bantamweight uh, division. If I if I'm being honest. Um, but he's going to have a hell of a time, just like anybody else. He's going to have a hell of a time trying to climb that stacked bantamweight division. I mean, it's just a murderer's row. Um, it really should be ranked through 25. We put him in the rankings, so he's at 15. He took the spot of Kyler Phillips. I don't know, maybe... And again, I don't know what some of these fighters are doing, so maybe they have... Uh, you know, maybe they, they're already booked with somebody... But I'm looking at the fighters ahead of him. Maybe you put him in there against Song Yedong. Uh, that would be a, a high-level uh, striking match. Cody Stamen at 13 would be a, a really nice uh, litmus test for him. Stamen, a good wrestler. So, you know, that would be a nice little challenge there. I don't think they put him in against Frankie Edgar. Frankly, I think Frankie Edgar should retire. You got Dominic Cruz at 11. He's already booked. Marlon Marais at 10. That would kind of... That would be an interesting test, but that would be one hell of a dick move to put Adrian Yanez, you know, just breaks into the rankings at North Star Sports, probably not even in the rankings in the UFC, and put him up against uh, Marlon Marais. That would be a fucking dick move, but, you know, that that certainly would, uh, you'd certainly jump the line a bit if you beat Marlon Marais, because that definitely means something. Uh, moving on, Pat Sabatini gets a win over Tucker Lutz. It's kind of a lackluster performance from Tucker Lutz. Did not uh, impose his uh, frame on Sabatini like I was hoping he would do. So that's uh, unfortunate. UFC debuts are... Uh... Actually, no, he had his UFC debut already, didn't he? Yeah, against Aguilar. Yeah, it is what it is. What it is. Eight to L. Uh, Natan Levy got that one wrong. Hoffa Garcia likely uh, keeping his job, getting the win, avoiding going 0-3. Uh, Godinez with the win over uh, Loma. Uh, and Loma looked good. Her striking looked good. Um, but the quick turnaround works out for uh, uh, Lupi Godinez. Uh, and it looks like she wants to turn around really quick as, as well. I mean, when you win and you want to turn around quick, it is what it is. Um, it, it, it really is, like I said, and I'm hypocritical on this point, uh, just like a lot of people. Uh, not to absolve myself of uh, responsibility, but you know, if you turn around, if you turn around really quick and you win, holy shit! I mean, you're the fucking well, in the, you're the woman in this case, uh, you know. But if you turn around quick and you lose, what the hell are you doing? That's so stupid. And she's kind of done both. I mean, she's done the stupid quick turnaround and lost, and the stupid quick turnaround and won. So I don't know. I mean, you're, you're certainly gonna milk the UFC for money if you keep doing that. So. Can't blame it. Uh, can't blame you for doing that, especially if you don't take a lot of damage. But maybe I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that turns out for your career because I think it's kind of 
counterintuitive being someone who turns ar around really quickly. I don't think that works out for fighters. I think there's the appearance that that works out. Like a Kevin Holland, how Kevin Holland is always filling in for main events. He's always turning, turning around quick. And I think a lot of people would say, well, that would put you in the good graces of the UFC. I mean, they're going to look out for you if, if you are someone who fights very often and turns around quickly and saves cards. And I think the UFC will respect you, and I don't think that they'll punish you. And I, I think that that probably does put you in the good graces of the UFC. But when you fight, but how has that worked out for Kevin Holland? He's had a bunch of fucking losses. So, like, I don't think... I don't think it actually helps you. Like, who's the last guy who accepts every single fight, uh, fights five times a year, uh, fights on fucking three days' notice, and actually accomplished anything other than just fighting a lot? I mean, you you know, it, do it doesn't work out for Kevin Holland. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not exactly working out for uh, Lupi Godinez, other than if you want to make a shit ton of money and just, you know, rack up fights. You know, I'm not knocking people who do it, but it just, it doesn't really work out like that. Uh, you know, the, the fighters who are more like GSP, who are like, I'm going to fight two times a year, I'm going to have a complete training camp for uh, my fight, uh, I need six months in between fights so that I can get better. I can actually get better and not just keep fighting and not improving my skill. I think it works out so much better for fighters like that to have ample time in between fights. Um, you'll get the respect of, of the fans. You'll make more money, but in terms of actually accomplishing your ultimate goals, it sure seems like the, the GSP method works out a lot better than you know just fighting every two weeks. But I'd be, but I, I would be curious to see if somebody could pull that off. If somebody could do that, that you know, that would be pretty impressive. Uh, we had Cody Durden uh, getting his first win in the UFC in three tries against uh, Arichi Lang. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say on that. Uh, Shailin Nerdambique gets a win over Sean Soriano. Sean Soriano falls to 0 and 5 in the UFC. I wonder if anybody's worse. And that is a genuine question. I will research that. 0-5 is pretty fucking hard to do. That's pretty hard to do. That's probably the worst record in, in, in UFC history. I don't think anybody has had five or more appearances and has gone winless in all their appearances. Jesus. Um, so that's impressive. Good for uh, Sean Soriano. Uh, Nerdambiki looked good. Looked good. Uh, good striking. The wrestling definitely held, helped him uh, win that fight. And uh, I think he was like a minus two, f or no, like a plus two fifty underdog. So you, you know you you might have made money if you bet it, bet on uh, Nerdambiki. I don't understand how you could bet on uh, Sean Soriano. And we had a unanimous decision win in the prelim opener for Luana Pinheiro over uh, Sam Hughes. Uh, she gets her first win, first real win in the UFC. She did have a win before this. It was that uh, DQ win against. Uh, random Marcos so that's got to feel good uh, nobody thinks that's a legit win um, so it's good to get your first win in the UFC uh, didn't come super easy but uh, you know worked out all right for the uh, the Brazilian uh, and that's about it I just want to go over the rankings here really really quickly uh, which, again, you can find at northstarsports.media. So we had a lot of changes in the welterweight division. Obviously, I mentioned Sean Brady 
moving from 11 to 7, moves up four spots. We moved Kiesa down from 7 to 8. Bilal Muhammad from 8 to 9. Neil Magny stays the same at 10. And then Hamzat, Jeff Neal, Muslim Salikov, Lee Jinglong all move up one spot. So they're 11, 12, 13, 14. Daniel Rodriguez from unranked to 15. And then we pulled uh, Damian Maya from the rankings, which kind of makes the that accounts for the weird jumps in the in the rankings. Somehow we had him in there. I don't know why we had him in there. I guess just slacking on our uh, our rankings. Uh, yeah, Adrian Yanez in the rankings at 15. Kyler Phillips out. Uh, Misha Tate out from 15 to unranked. Jessica Rose Clark from unranked to 15. And then because the women's flyweight division is so whack, we just flip-flopped Santos and, and Joanne Wood. So Santos was at 8. Uh, she's now at five. Wood was now at or was at five and is now at eight. So we uh, flip flop them there. Just kind of seems appropriate. No uh, changes to the pound for pound rankings. So with that, we'll wrap it up here again. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, to this uh, recap. We will have the preview for actually shit. It's off week. Dang, that is unfortunate. Maybe we'll have a. Uh, mailman's matchmaking at some point but we'll do we'll do something i might do a vikings show yeah we'll 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 figure it out we'll figure something out we'll have a show at some point but uh again follow me on twitter at owen ely mn north star sports at north star min check out our website northstarsports.media leave a uh, five-star review on wherever you're listening i mean it never ceases to amaze me the uh media players i see people playing this show on so iTunes, Spotify. I don't even know if some of these places have rank uh, ratings, but if they do, you know, leave a positive review. Uh, and uh, yeah, just stay tuned. We'll have uh, some more content later this week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.